welcome to Composers in a Jukebox, a podcast that brings together a special breed of musicians in a conversation about their craft. In today's episode, we celebrate the launch of Jolene Kaur's new album, Soaring Dragon, Leaping Tiger. Let us introduce ourselves. My name is Jolene. I am a screen composer and I'm here right now with my two friends. Hello, I'm Darren. I do a mixture of concert composition and uh, screen composition as well. Yeah, I am similar to Darren, also a screen composer, but also interested in concert music. Um, I'm from the United States, the Bay Area more specifically. And a lot of the stuff I'll be playing today is actually much more in the screen composition area. Um, and it's all recorded by live orchestras, so... Yeah. Today we'll be sharing our music and um, first off, I'll be sharing my piece called Soaring Dragon Leaping Tiger or Long Teng Hu Yue. This piece, well, it was written, um, well, it was written for the Tom Hockenberg competition actually. And my uh, inspiration is from the 24 festive drums, which is um, a drum performance, which is really, really famous in Malaysia. And I'm pretty sure Singapore does have it too. So what, what it does that you have 24 drums playing together with um, a very epic drum beat. And I'm adding um, orchestral and uh, Chinese instruments in it to make it more flavorful. We should probably also say that um, Jolene has just released a new album. Oh, that's yeah. available <laughs> on um, all major streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Amazon, <laughs> YouTube Amazon, Music. Yeah, yeah um, and this is, well, a, this is an absolutely epic first track uh, for the album. Aww. So I hope you enjoy it. Yes, thank you, Darren. <laughs> Thank you. 
Alright. Yeah, yeah. Well done, Jelly. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> thank you guys, thank you. That I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed writing this because well I was in a Chinese orchestra a very, very long time ago, so it was a very fun moment to actually think back and you know, actually think from a composer's perspective rather than the play- player this time. But yeah, it's really fun. Thank you for actually listening. Yeah, I have a question for you right away. Um, okay. I'm always really curious because a lot of us composers, we think, as most of us are piano players, we kind of think like harmonically and yeah. melodically. How do you go about composing pieces that are primarily drum-based or rhythmically? Like, just how do you think about that? About that, I've been, you know, these kinds of percussive music has been a culture in um, Southeast Asia. I'm pretty sure in China as well. I kind of say that it's kind of like I've listened to it quite often. And um, during like right now Chinese New Year, we often have dragon dances, lion dances. We always use percussive instruments and non-harmony instruments such as like the the strings or what um, orchestral instruments. Just only percussion. So that's kind of how I got the idea for. It. I have an additional question for Jolene. If oh, okay, you're okay, so sure. Willing to answer it. So one thing I thought was really cool is you have kind of a a, a speed ramp or like to use the technical musical term, a feathered bar thing with some of the percussions where it actually speeds up. You mean like the introduction? Yeah, 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 like in the introduction. I'm curious, is that traditional of Chinese music or is that something that's more modern? Because I'm not educated into that. It's all right. Uh, Yes, it's actually in traditional Mm. 24 festive drum repertoire. So they like to do something like a wrap up Mm -hmm. to give um, the the audience, I guess to give the audience kind of like a, you know, starting soon and... In lion dances, before you see the lion coming, you you hear the percussion first. So they'll be like, boom, boom. And then you see the lion jumping in. And, wow, it's just, it's just really fun to watch them do acrobatics. Actually, they do really dangerous acrobatics. If you go watch the ones with the stills, that would, yeah. that's just amazing. I do have a, a, a thought on your title, actually. <laughs> have you ever heard of the film Crouching Tiger, Hidden Tiger? Yes! <laughs> of that was literally the first thing I thought about. Um, were you in any way inspired by um, that sort of kung fu genre? Yes. At, at this tempo slight, slight, this kind of slight influence by that. And... Um, Spoilers, uh, there is a piece that would be very influenced by Kung Fu. But we're, not, we're going to save that for yeah. later. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is showing <laughs> later, I think, too, yeah. Sounds absolutely brilliant. Great. Okay. Um, so the next piece that we're sharing today uh, is a piece titled Muscles. It's a really interesting one because this uh, is a track that I'm currently working on. It's unreleased, so we're kind of, you know, <laughs> um, giving you guys a little bit of a treat on this live stream. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, sort of in the schedule, hopefully, as a track for uh, a potential album. This was a piece that I wrote uh, originally for a film. So the film's titled Muscles and therefore the track's titled Muscles. And it's a film that deals with uh, sibling rivalry. Uh, it's about an older brother and a younger brother, and um, there are also elements of, uh, like, you know, the, the perception and uh, ambition towards this image of masculinity. So there, there is that whole aspect of the perception of what masculinity is, um, and the question that, you know, as, you know, as men, or even as, as women, do we have to uh, pursue that image if we want to appear, you know, strong, or, you know, are there alternatives? And also... Is it worth having that sort of ambition? The only thing about writing music for films is that, you know, you, the, the length of each cue may, you know, differ. And some, in, in some films, you have longer cues in general, and in some films, you have really short ones. Mm. And for this uh, film that I did, this short film, most of the cues turned out to be 
around 30 to 45 seconds. Oh. <laughs> so it's a bit of a shame because, um, you know, when I was writing it, it was a piece that I was uh, honestly quite invested in. So my approach was, okay, it's fine. We'll just leave the cues as they are in the film, um, but re-edit the track so that it can sort of function as a five-minute uh, standalone piece of music. Yeah, I'm really and excited I, to hear it. <laughs> I lost my voice doing all of that grunting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was about a day of going, 
<laughs> that was going to be my question. Yeah, it's like I assumed that was you doing all of yeah, it. Yeah, it took quite a lot. Um, but I, so my approach was to sort of sample all of the all of the grunting sounds instead of recording it directly into um, a door. And the reason for that was because I kind of wanted that sort of round robiny effect yeah, where yeah. there's a similar sound that keeps recurring rather than you know having it entirely organic. Yeah, you um, want that like chopped sound. Yeah, yeah, so this is you know this is one of the rare occasions where uh, you actually want a sound that sounds artificial spoiler for a piece that's coming up in a while yeah. <laughs> yeah I have a kind of specific question about a certain sound that I'm really curious about you have these little like water droplet sounds in mm-hmm. there how did you make those like, what <laughs> so these were vocal pops so I kind of did ah. um, like a yeah, yeah. into the mic oh. heavily compressed yeah. uh, with a delay because it sounds very <laughs> cool there's actually like synth sounds that can sound quite a lot like that but yours sounds even more organic because you actually did it yeah i think there's something i don't know i mean me with technology it's a love-hate relationship i can do some stuff with technology and i just you know uh, on some occasions i just completely uh, fall flat yeah um, same i me. find that with the human voice um the reason why i'm so drawn to all of the alternative sounds that you can make with the voice is because it's just so flexible you can do anything um close to a mic or far from a mic and you get like a you know a, a palette of sounds that you may or may not have yeah. mentioned before it's so pretty cool for you. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's something so physical about like using the human voice there versus, I mean, obviously playing any instrument is physical to respect, but like hearing actual breath for some reason just yeah. evokes that like certain almost like tribal physical yeah. kind I mean, of something personal feeling. about yeah. it. Well. Yeah. So I think it works really effectively for your description of it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you feel this way. Yeah. I don't know, it it's just makes news. it sound alive. That's what I feel. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> great. Okay. So we're on to the next piece. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's a bit of a story behind this, much like many of the other pieces. So this piece was actually done for the uh, NYU Film Scoring Workshop in New York. Um, so it's, it's basically a two-week program, and you have one week to write an orchestral piece to a cue and then it gets recorded so they have all these clips um from movies that have been approved by the directors um that have like all the sound um all the music strip so this cue was recorded as a rescore of arrival and i wanted to score it because the original score is not orchestral at all it's more sound design based so i wanted to see what kind of a large orchestra would do there's a mix between electronic elements and some orchestral elements we actually had an opportunity to record prepared piano which was like make samples out of record piano which uh, prepared piano which is so cool because very rarely do you have an opportunity to like get a nice piano and like mess with it so there's some sounds in there that are like electronic uh processing of prepared piano there's some orchestra stuff and yeah that's about it
I'm enjoying the harmonies in there. I just don't know. I have a thing for chords that sounds so good. I'm like, wow. So, yeah, one of the kind of interesting things, I didn't want to get too music nerdy at first when I was in, uh, introducing it, but one of the interesting things that I do like about this track is I use kind of a weird scale throughout. I use a Lydian augmented scale, um, which is kind of cool because there's certain ways you can have like voice chords and notes you can include that might make it sound much less dissonant and very beautiful. And then you can start using like those tritones, those more dissonant notes to kind of slowly incorporate that level of like alien sounding. So because I was trying to go for something that sounded both human and alien because there are aliens in the film. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I went with like kind of a weird scale for that, for a lot of it. Right. So, so this was a rescore uh, for a clip in Arrival. Yes. And um, anyone who's seen or heard the film uh, would have a natural association uh, or would make a natural association with Johan Janssen. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously this track sounds a world apart from yeah. what Janssen um, has written. So was this uh, a deliberate attempt to take the film in your own direction? Or yes. was, were there elements that were inspired by yeah, the original? Yeah, 100%. I think I really wanted to do something different. So like, for instance, one of the other clips that was available was How to Train Your Dragon. And a lot of the people... That the famous How to Train Your Dragon flight scene. So a lot of people... <laughs> Should do How to Train Your Dragon with 8-bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so with that... A lot of the music the people were writing, which was really great as well, was much more in the realm of that original score. And I chose Arrival because I thought, okay, I don't have to, because it's an orchestra, totally different instrumentation. And because I write so differently than him, I don't have to compete with the score at all. So I always think when I'm doing like rescores of things, I don't want to compete with the original because it probably won't be as good. Hmm. So I might as well do something different um, than it. So I'm very much intentional. I would say the only thing that is maybe drawn from the Johansson stuff is just that I knew I want to include some hybrid electronic elements because I think him doing that was fitting for the film. Where I was like, I I don't think it should just be straight orchestra, which I could have totally done and some people did it that way. But I wanted to... um, to include the electronic elements because I think that really worked in his score. Yeah. But very differently because they're more subtle and, you know, yeah. different types of electronics. Yeah. yeah. And I think it kind of works quite poetically with the film as well. I mean, we, we didn't see the film now, but, you know, just thinking conceptually, um, Arrival's a film that deals with understanding uh, an alien language using, you know, people and technology. Um, yeah, exactly. Through technology. So in some way, there is that relationship. Yeah. I, I also think, like, sometimes... When I did it without the electronics originally, because we we're making drafts of this, it almost sounded basically too old, if that makes sense. Like the, the film is very modern. It's very kind of minimalist and just very much in like kind of this cold, sterile, modern environment. And I thought you know, it sounds too much like a kind of genre misplacement <laughs> to do just an orchestral score against, like you said, a film that has so many things involving technology and like the, for instance, the giant orb floating in the sky just feels like it calls for some electronics, <laughs> and not just like a classical, you know, orchestral score. Great. So we've gone one round. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I suppose we're on to our second. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Second round. So second round, it will be my piece that I wrote um, when I was graduating from Taiwan. It was actually for a friend, um, but unfortunately, due to COVID, we didn't actually perform this piece. So I actually went out to like, why not you know making it um, in the album because it actually has a meaning. So it it's called Omoide or 
um, memories. So we were talking about like uh, we had such great memories in the school and with collaborating with people. So I was thinking of writing a piece like that, and it's um it's a piece for the flute, the cello, and the piano. I wanted to try a different kind of instrumentation, but here, let's go listen to it.
And uh, for those who are listening out there, this is another track from Jolene's new album. Yeah. So check her out, guys, on oh. <laughs> Spotify, Apple yeah, Music, um, iTunes, streaming yeah. platforms. You know, all of them. <laughs> oh, I actually wanted to add on. My dad has been helping us with all of this live stream and the and the poster and stuff. On the right hand side, the lady is actually my grandma. I just knew, <laughs> and she looks really pretty. What, you mean after all this time, you didn't know that the person was a grandma? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I never met her in person because she passed away before. Oh, okay, got so. it. That makes yeah. sense. That's, that's, that's nice, though. Yeah, that's really nice to have her feature in, yeah. in your... Yeah. It's great. I mean, I've known you for a few years, yep. and um, it seems like, you know, chamber music is something that you're really interested in. You've done, like, yeah. loads of uh, chamber pieces, not just as pieces of concert music, but for films as well. Um, and I think you've once uh, mentioned that your teacher encourages <laughs> you um, to work with small forces because it's, you know, it's, it's yeah. by working with small forces that you make full, you, you optimise those instruments or you, you exploit That's them, depending on, <laughs> yeah. depending on what sort of connotation you like to take. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? You yeah, know, actually, uh, my teacher, my professor is actually Francis Shaw. I was studying under him when I was in RCM. So yeah, he actually gave us a role. I'm pretty sure whoever was under him was like, okay, you only can use six instruments and that's the max. And you cannot use piano. <laughs> so, that's cheating. So that's <laughs> cheating. So that makes us actually think about the range of the instrument, what color we can produce from different ranges and, you know, um, actually fully utilizing like what you said, fully utilizing the instrument to its full potential and actually it comes out with a lot of um you know um ideas and yeah actually most of my recent collaboration with um filmmakers they had films that only use like chamber instruments or maybe less than three instruments which by the way it's fine actually yeah a hundred percent i i really think with these forces and like what you wrote it sounds very full still because there's kind of this thought that Anything other than the largest forces, anything less than that will be less powerful proportionally. But it's really not true because you have things mic'd closer, they fill up the space more. And that sounded like a trio like that can sound very, very full. Yeah, I was about to say that, that like, you know, in this track and in some of the other pieces that I've heard from you, um, you have this gift where you're able to make a small ensemble sound really big. And um, yeah, it, it's a real skill. Yeah, especially oh, given like the budgets we're working on, because yeah. oh, in, yeah. in a way, like working with the smaller forces and getting live players is going to be so much better in a lot of cases than trying to mock up a whole orchestra, yeah. Yeah. which people can do an excellent job with that. But think about you're competing with John Williams, you're competing with the LSO, you're competing with those scores. And even if you're great at mock ups, there is going to be a gap there versus you can record great chamber players and it can sound as good as other chamber scores. That's yeah. True. So, yeah. And actually, I think uh, vice versa as well, like, you know, to make a large ensemble, a large orchestra sound small. Yeah. That is an incredible that, 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 that takes Yeah, that, that's a good point too, actually. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of composers, including myself, don't make enough use of that yeah. because it's really true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks Amazing. for listening. My next piece is also similarly a, uh, a rescore um, as well because a lot of these like live orchestra pieces kind of work better to like larger films and things yeah, like yeah. that. Um, this is very different genre. This is why I placed it there. This is an animated film. It's Wally. It's the scene where him uh, and Eva are dancing yeah. um, in the air. The Tom Newman score is really great. I was a little bit intimidated to do this, but 
I went with a bigger orchestra than than he did for that. So again, I I tried to do something a little bit different and really write in a style that honestly I'm not as comfortable with because I kind of come from contemporary classical composition. So writing this type of a little bit more whimsical, really traditional film scoring uh, idiom is very different for me. So I wanted to like really hone in on that um, and practice with it. So yeah. listening to part two of Composers in a Jukebox. Beginning with a piece by Darren Sung, this is the album version of Artificial Thyroarytenoids.
artificial thyroid yeah, written it was so and good. the album version of it. <laughs> yeah, wow, that that was a really really amazing piece. Uh, one <laughs> thing you. I'd love to ask you about is those fluttering sounds yeah. that you did. Uh, those are so cool, and it's one of the things I love about that is it's not just layering a synth on top of something; it's actually processing the live sound, yes. which I think is yeah. really really impactful. And so, I'm curious how you did that. Yeah, so the manipulation was twofold. <laughs> um, there were some physical manipulations uh, that was done through the instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, I got some of the wind. Well, actually all of them uh, to sing through their instruments Mm -hmm. some of them without the mouthpiece and do random key clicking Um, and in doing so you naturally distort the sound of the voice you get um, a kind of bubbling effect and then I further manipulated that using electronics and it was this particular plugin that I used it's a it's kind of like a a modulator or gate um, Mm -hmm. that's called chopper uh, which kind of breaks the sound apart so yeah that was that was really fun to do yeah so it <laughs> I mean, sounded really cool thanks <laughs> it's just that you you know so much on manipulating sounds i just know that oh this goes where <laughs> you know i'm so used to classical or you know um uh, orchestral music but i never venture in to that realm i was i'm really scared <laughs> because i have no idea how to do how, yeah. how you guys do that but it's so interesting with the end result coming like this it's out of this world actually thanks I, I'm, I'm glad you found it convincing and creative in some way I mean I yeah I really do enjoy uh, manipulating sounds whether it is through you know physical manipulation as as we as we did through the instruments or electronically I think each composer whether you're a film composer or concert composer we think about musical parameters um, so things like you know pitch rhythm colour and orchestration um form that sort of thing Um, but the difference between each composer um, even though we all think about the same parameters is the order in which we think about them oh that's true I never thought about that yeah so some (laughs) you know some composers tend to be more uh, pitch oriented some people tend to be more uh, rhythm oriented for me um, I tend to think about colour and orchestration Mm -hmm. um, as my sort of uh, you know the first stepping stone that I I, um, have into a piece so, you know, colours like that, they really do appeal to me. Yeah. Like, this was the concept uh, that I thought about, yeah. even before I wrote a note. One thing I really love about this piece is that it blurs what's electronic and what is acoustic. Because when you're starting to use some of these extended techniques that people aren't as used to, it actually sometimes makes you, like, question. It's like, is that a synth? Is that an effect? <laughs> is that, like, when you have them go to Solponticello, you could probably get a similar effect by EQing or distorting in a certain way. Yeah. And then you could even layer both on top of each yeah. other and get even more like of that tape. effect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that you can't necessarily... There are some tracks that you can pick out. Here are the acoustic elements. Here are the synth elements. And that can be really effective, too. But I yeah. do love that... It's really blurred between everything, which I think is really effective. Here. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I should probably also say that all of these sort of extended sounds mm-hmm. or manipulated sounds, they come with a fair amount of experimentation um, prior to me actually, you know, deciding to, to do it. So, you know, with plugins, for instance, ah. um, I yeah, spent quite a bit of time going through all of them and, and trying different, um, you know, plugins. Um to find the specific one and the specific parameters of that specific plugin, um, which would work in context of the piece. And I guess it, it wouldn't just be the case of, yeah, okay, I, I like this plugin that works in a particular piece and therefore I just, you know, copy and paste it onto yeah. it. You kind of have to tweak it and, um, you know, yeah, you, you kind of have to 
experiment and, and listen and use your Absolutely, ears yeah. um, with any of these sort of things that you do. Yeah. I really like that you actually um, talked about the composers thinking about pitch, harmony and stuff. Yeah. That should be like... Just a curious question. What, what do you think about, like, both of you? <laughs> so I, th- I would say I'm similar to you in that that's why that, that piece for the Wally thing was a little bit different for me where I'm much more color-based as mm-hmm. well. Um, I would, yeah, I would say color is my way into a lot of pieces. Yeah. Just that's what kind of gets me started a bit. And then I would, I would even say rhythm is next. Mm. Um, yeah. and weirdly, uh, and this is something I, I develop and, and work on a good amount. And one of the reasons I love film scoring is sometimes melody can be last for me. Yeah. Um, it, but one thing I love about film scoring is I know in film scoring, I develop, I need to have melodies and, I need to develop those so it gets me out of my kind of way into concert, especially concert yeah. music. <laughs> a lot of my concert music stuff is not very melodically driven. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, similar to you. Quite the same, actually. I tend to be a more coloristic composer and therefore, you know, when it boils down to me writing melodies, I tend to question myself very harshly, like yeah. you know, whether or not the piece really requires one. Yeah. Um, and if it does it'll be there if it doesn't then well yeah too bad <laughs> yeah oh gosh that's so different from me <laughs> yeah yeah you could hear it in the music See, yeah too. <laughs> because the first thing that comes out is melody mm-hmm. and then it just kind of i don't know melody kind of just flows easily for me yeah and then i go into harmony and then rhythm but color is something i'm trying to venture out a little but yeah yeah it's so different it's so cool. <laughs> yeah i think we're all trying to also expand into the things we don't go to yeah. first because yeah. you can even if it's not what you go to first it can help to have those little elements in there of the other things yeah but yeah, I've never heard that analogy. It's such a good one. It's not an analogy. It's just a. It's actually a good. Yeah. Rather than asking horoscopes, we should ask that. <laughs> oh, I don't even know. Me. <laughs> I don't even care. I don't even care. Eh. The next piece is me yes. again. Yeah. So this piece again, I try to keep all the same theme of what I was doing is live orchestra piece rescore of Children of Men, the movie. I thought this was a really good choice because one, I love the movie, and two, it doesn't have much music in it. So I was actually able to just get the sound design of this scene because there's no music in it and I just rescore it. That's kind of a fun, I don't know if it's a trick, but it's something you may not realize if you're looking for clips to score. There's a lot of scenes in movies that would be great to score that just don't have music. Yep. So you can just score over them. Um, so this is called Saving the Child. And the reason being is there's a certain scene where they have to rescue a very important child. So this is almost a little bit of an action type thing, but I wanted to do an action thing without any drums uh-huh. or percussion in it because this scene has a lot of gunfire and kind of percussive elements in it where I found when I was scoring with percussion, it just became kind of a cacophony of kind of low-end muddy sounds. So the cue actually starts with these flute figures that are meant to represent the child and then kind of expands into this more dissonant harmony. So yeah. Let's listen. All right, let's go.
amazing. That was really well played. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Awesome yeah. The, the, the players were uh, quite good there, the players from my undergraduate. Um, so very impressive. Um, and also there's some things about this cue that were a little tricky to play. Like there were some rhythms that were uh, some notes that were like offset a little bit from each other. So that can be quite difficult because you kind of just need to listen to yourself and not listen to what the other yeah, players yeah. are doing. But yeah, and like some more dissonant trickier harmonies for players so yeah they did a great job mm. what was your process of uh working with live musicians so were you in the booth for this or were you conducting? yeah I, I was uh oh this i was conducting actually okay yeah. Oh, yeah um so working with the live musicians in this sense was a big part of it because when i wrote this i was really concerned about some of those offsetting things or some of those quicker things so the amount of recording time we had for this, this is a fairly short cue. I actually shortened it so we would get more takes. And that's like something I think more and more I'm learning is really important to consider is how much recording time do you have and how much music do you need? Yeah. So maybe you can get some, a really good take of something a little bit more challenging if it's shorter. Yeah. So that's where I was like, this might be a little more challenging. I'm going to only score a certain amount of this clip. As opposed to I could have done this maybe a minute, uh, maybe like 45 seconds longer, but I don't think I would have gotten as good a take as I got. Are you a fan of recording in stems? <laughs> That's an interesting, I've never done it actually. Okay. Um, cause th this was just in the room. Um, but I can totally see why people do it though. Um, recording in stems, especially for, I know it happens a lot on video games because you need to sometimes have the stems totally separated so you can like use a lot of the audio implementation software to fade things in and out but i've never tried it actually hmm. so i'd be really interested to see how that goes sometimes <laughs> there are performances where i had where it's like man i wish i had a little more isolation than i do yeah great so we're back to, back to, to the big finale well, i guess Jolie. the big finale <laughs> So the last piece is called Kung Fu Film, but no, it's not like um, Jackie Chan or something. No, <laughs> it's actually a short film I did um, for, uh, I think it's um, martial arts um, association in the, in the US. So the story is um, an old lady, tr she wants to learn Kung Fu. She doesn't know where to start and she wants to learn it not because to show off or anything. She wants to protect people. She wants to protect the young ones. So the whole story has a lot of funny gags, and, but it has a very meaningful um, you know, um, ending to it. So, so this piece is actually um, me making it longer because like what we said previously, when you're doing like a film, it would be a very short cue, but this is a more like a suite. So I was kind of inspired by Suite of Mulan for this, oh, actually. Oh, okay. I love that score. Yeah. <laughs> I love that score so much. Have and you seen the new version, like the live action version of Mulan? <sighs> <laughs> right, we'll reserve our comments. I I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> but I think, I mean, whatever you think about the film, I still feel that the music is great. Yeah, yeah like, the music is very good. Yeah, and very it's not just moments, about yeah. how it deals with colors and ethnic instruments, as you know you you would, but um, it's also the the development of themes yes. and how you know certain motifs and uh, melodies from the original animation can come back in in yes. live action um, instrumentally, and it still sort of you know develops. And, and, That's true. Yeah, it takes a life of its own. All right, so let's listen to it and we'll go back to Mulan later. <laughs> yeah, sure, we've digressed a bit, but let's go back to, yeah, Jolene's.
<laughs> yeah, well done, Jolene. That was yeah, that was epic. Yeah, I, I love how even in the more toned down sections, you still had a really effective motor keep going where you still felt the momentum of it, but you didn't necessarily feel the huge space of it all the time. So I thought that was really impactful because you still could feel it building, but you didn't necessarily have to have so many elements in. So you went small and big. And I think that can be quite a challenging thing for a composer when you can like use whatever forces you want to actually pare it down to solo instruments. Yeah, amazing. So uh, the track that we just heard was titled Kung, Kung Fu. Fu. Sorry, Kung Fu. <laughs> Yeah, and that was um, that's supposed to be the final track of uh, Jolene's yeah. new album. Um, I think it, it would be worth just spending some time talking about the album and, like, you know, what your inspirations were behind the construction um, and, of course, you know, track listing and all of that. So, basically, I had this, uh, this idea, like, last year. I wanted to bring, like, showcase my music because I was just coming out um, from RCM, no idea what to do. So I was like, hey, why not coming up with an album corresponding to an, uh, a big occasion or event. So I was thinking, why not do it for Chinese New Year? So the Chinese uh, title, Long Tong Hu Yue, was one of the uh, a piece I played when I was back in my Chinese orchestra uh, when I, in high school. I can't really remember how it sounded like. I'm really sorry. I guess... <laughs> right, yeah, that explains how you're so familiar with um, all the ethnic instruments. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, that was supposed... That was meant to be my next question, which was, you know, uh, how do you learn it and how do you find it? But, yeah, it's it's great to be part of a... Yeah, system. it is fun. I actually started with the Yang Qing um, because uh, I actually wanted to try Erhu, but there's too many people during that time and Erhu is quite popular. Yeah. It's, mm. Yeah. So but I think at the same time, yeah. like with the Chinese orchestra, um, you do need a, a substantial section of um, bowed strings. I mean, the erhu, the zhong, yes. and all yeah. inclusive, yeah. because they kind of function like strings in an orchestra. Yes, they're naturally true. soft, and they also... I, I, I feel like they're less reverberant than Western string instruments yes, in general, true. which kind of gives them that very unique character. <laughs> it kind of just comes out when you actually blend them together with yeah. the strings. Mm-hmm. Erhu just kind of pops up to you in your ear. For oh. Yeah. I actually combined all of the pieces that I did uh, when I was in RCM and, um, you know, before I actually go into RCM. Um, so, Soaring Tiger Leaping Dragon would be the first. Second was, uh, I think second is uh, The Great Call, which I wrote last year. You, you guys can go check it out on Spotify. There's like five pieces of music. The third one would be Omoide. Uh, fourth is, I can't remember now. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth one is Mother's Love. Oh, I, oh, oh yeah. I, yeah. Okay. I to listen to that. that. Yeah, um, I actually shared that in um, Instagram. That was the Tina Guo um, competition where yeah. we were supposed to write like for a cello. So I kind of wrote it in a very um, hybrid way and letting the cello play the Erhu part. Uh-huh. But now I switch it back and make it longer. And yeah, it's for my mom. She would, oh, yeah. that's really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so hi, mom. <laughs> you are watching. Uh, and yeah, and then the last piece is Kung Fu because I, pre- I really like this piece. I really enjoy writing for them. And it was an epic. It's a really nice epic finale for all these five pieces. Yeah, so that's totally I agree. Do. I think that makes complete sense <laughs> on that track because yeah, it kind of has... Kind of has all the elements that are in your other tracks, yeah. yeah, all in one track, like transition beautifully, yeah. So, it kind of a nice summary of your album, yeah. It is 
really, really good. Yeah, I also want to thank my friend um, Kitty, who actually drew the album for me. Yeah. And I also want to thank my teacher, who actually makes this, uh, Mr. Fong. Um, he is the owner of Hits Recording Studio back in Malaysia, back mm. in Penang. So he was helping me doing all the mixing and stuff. So I didn't have to worry about it. I just need to finish the music, which, yeah. Okay, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I think um, one of the cool things, though, about Jolene's album is because of COVID and a bunch of other things, she did so much of this herself, which is really, really <laughs> impressive that you did so much of, it's like, right. the programming and all the writing and, every, like, on every level. It seems like, except the mixing, you did it all. So I think that's really impressive to put out an album that you're proud of and sounds this Aww. good that Thank you, you did yourself. Thank you so much. So yeah. Thank you, you guys. Yeah. yeah. It's great. I'm, I'm loving it. And for those of you who are watching us now, do check out her album. Um, in Spotify, on, Apple Music. What else? What, what the, all sorts of shit. Yeah. You have it on Amazon? It's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'll be able to find it. Yeah. Luke, are you planning to... Um, release all those tracks uh, they're, they're already released actually fun fact about those tracks a number of those tracks are the tracks I used to get into the film scoring program at RCM oh so yeah okay. so some of those uh, not all of them but some of them are so yeah those tracks have been released but I do plan on releasing an album of concert music and some other stuff Probably by the end of the year. So we're working oh, on it. Oh, we can't yeah. wait. We can't yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll do this live stream again. Let's do it again, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, and Darren also will be releasing yeah. Yes. Um, so I'll be having a single that will come out sometime next week. That will be the full version of uh, Artificial Diaries Noites. Um, and then the potential album uh, with all the rest of the tracks sometime in summer. Wonderful. Yeah. All right, so Great. we'll yeah. end it with one last piece of Mother's Love. Yeah, amazing. But and um, thank you thank to you for everyone listening. for joining us on this live stream. We'll hope yeah. to do it again. Hope yeah. to do it again. Yeah. yeah. Bye. Bye.